0: All right, well, welcome to the Going Places Podcast, episode 65. Tuesday afternoon, camping Clark here, of course. Uh, Daniel couldn't be with us today, but we do have some special guests as always, and we have our good friends from the Tattoos and Jesus Podcast. They also work as counselors and sport bug and good people. We got Josh and Marty here with us today. How y'all doing?
1: What the crap is it?
2: Yeah, he's, he's terrified to come back on after we
1: drilled him last time.
0: Well, he knows the accountability. <laughs> I think he
1: just realizes that he doesn't have the intellectual capacity to hang with you, Josh, and I. Oh wow! And and so he just decided, you know what? I'm gonna have to pass on today. Hey. The question: is, is he playing golf? Yeah. If he's playing golf, he's playing golf right now. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. That <laughs> clarifies it.
0: Yeah. Hey, if you can't stand the heat, get out the kitchen as I say, right? <laughs> Man. This <He> is <dishes laughs> for golf. Moby oh.
2: has the worst in all of the experience of his life. Yeah. It the worst before
0: ever. Just hitting them all in the water. That's right. Moby
1: loses every single ball in ball.
0: Yeah. Almost almost like Morty could beat him.
1: <laughs> you know? No, that's not I don't think I, I think he could be blindfolded and still be
0: yeah, well, yeah.
1: Never
2: seen golf club, but I can imagine
0: he probably agrees his with hair
2: alone
1: is better at golf than I am.
0: <laughs> his what?
1: His hair is better. He better am. at
0: golf. Does
1: he still mm-hmm. have a mullet?
0: No, he cut it. He's got like I don't even know what you would call it. It's like just slicky and wavy. Slicky, slicky, and wavy. Slicky,
1: slicky. He's
2: like he flicks it back.
0: No, not not like you know mafia, but like just kind of wavy. It's it's in the back and wavy. Oh my
2: goodness! Back and wavy.
1: It sounds like a nineteen eighty drug dealer. Well, it might be.
0: (laughs) You wouldn't be too far off. No. Oh
1: my goodness. Gosh. What's up with you? What's going on with going places? I got a cool T shirt a few weeks ago. Yeah, you did. Sure
0: that- I hope you guys appreciate the march we got coming out. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's all good. Podcast is going well. We had uh, we've we've kind of been on a roll the past couple weeks with guests and stuff. But um, as far as me, I'm doing well. Busy, busy, living life. Now, hey, living answer this.
1: And if you've already put this out, and I haven't noticed it. Forgive me. Did you land an interview with Chris Justice?
0: I did... That's in the walks, hopefully. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to reach out.
1: Nice.
2: No. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, wow, I'll <laughs> Yeah. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, we just... We took a youth group trip to uh, the Apple Orchard that his family owns. And I was walking yeah. in I was telling my uh, friend Andrew, I was like, you know, uh, Chris Justice, the weather guy's family owns this. And he's like, imagine if we saw him. We walk right in there. He's right with his family. He's, you know shaking hands, kissing babies, and I just walk right yeah. up to him, and I'm like, hey man, can I get a picture? He's like, no problem. Shake his hand. I'm gonna try to find his. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna find his stuff and reach out for a podcast.
1: Cause I saw you post that on Facebook, that picture with, with him.
0: Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah,
1: that's pretty legit.
0: Yeah, and then uh, I don't know. I know Jimmy likes this. Jimmy McFarlane likes this podcast, but do you, either you guys know what the Happy Ramp podcast is? Yeah, We had Lonnie from it on a couple weeks ago. Well, I did.
1: Are you kidding me? Yeah. I reached out to Happy HappyRant and they never responded.
0: I so, DM'd Lonnie on Twitter.
1: I tried to go through their website.
0: Oh, that might be why.
1: Yeah. So I tried. Frank, you, you suck. <laughs> Look, damn,
2: you get all these special guests. You, I mean, share the love, man. Share the love.
0: Yeah, well, hey. Actually, I think I might have mentioned y'all in the interview. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not 100%. Don't quote don't me.
2: Even, don't <laughs> even. We're going to go back and listen,
1: and we'll, we'll back-check you on that. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what. If you single-handedly make our podcast, like, pop off, I'll, like, I'll take you anywhere you want for dinner. <laughs> what does that even mean? Cost aside. I'll take yeah. you, in, like, freaking...
0: The peddler, I don't know. The peddler. Chap House 47 in Greenville.
1: We'll go there. Right there. $150. Hey.
0: Hey, when you're making it, you can spend yeah. it. But yeah. Morty, I hear you're kicking butt in fantasy football. 0-4.
3: Oh, oh, you're 0-4? Alright. 0-4. I thought, oh thought you were four. winning. He's oh 4 No, he was
0: being 100% sarcastic on the podcast. He has not won a game. Weren't you projected Fresh. to do
1: well? Yeah, yeah, I was projected number one team.
0: Oh, so you're what we call a bust?
1: Yes, kind of like this podcast.
2: Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Let, me,
1: let me let me tell you. Here's all right. So we talked about a little bit on our podcast today about this. When you okay, so fantasy football? Do you do fantasy football here?
0: Yes. But it's like, okay, I don't so even care. You understand
1: this. You're matched up against somebody else in your league. But, like, unlike real sports, like, you're not actually playing that person. It's just whoever players that they have that week, however many points they have, you want your player to get more points. But there's no actual, like, back and forth between the two of you. Of course. And it's, you have no control over how many points they do or don't get on that team, really. Yeah. You're in, in, independently. So, when you look at the points of my team this year, Versus my opponents, I'm like the third highest scoring team in the league. But consistently, the teams that I play had their best game of the season. Like right? that, that guy, he had the best game, and so I, the teams that I have played, have scored over a hundred points
0: more than almost every other team in the league. Wow. The week that they played me, see, and that's honorable. It's
1: not, It's just not fair, is what it really is not.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd rather, you know, because at that point, it's like, it's kind of out of your control. As long as, like, your guys are playing well. Yeah, I can can sympathize with that a little bit. See, my thing... I can't tell you. Yeah, and, like... Like,
1: two two, two of the last three weeks, I have scored more points than almost every other team in the league, except the team that was against me.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah, that's... Yeah, they're, they're doing you dirty. They are.
2: See,
0: yeah, that's called a loss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My thing with fantasy football is like, I started playing when I was like 11. I'm 15 now. So it was like, first year, did terrible. The next year, I think I lost one game, won the Super Bowl. Because I had Patrick Mahomes, it was the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And Mark Ingram was my running back. We kicked butt that year. And then the next year, I did, like, terrible. And I was like, you know what? I don't even care. Screw this. and then, But I still play because, like, Jordan, I'm in a league with, like, Jordan and some of my cousins and some other people. And it's like, I do it just so I'm able to talk smack, which I don't really do because I don't know if I've won yet. (laughs) But.
2: Yeah, Jordan backed out of our league this year because he said he didn't have time. He
0: told me that. We had a conversation about that.
2: How much time does it take to draft players? Last year he didn't even play. I don't understand. All he had do was draft and he just, I don't know. Didn't
0: y'all Jordan have to just... go out or something for it though? No,
2: that's all online. I mean, we, we met up, but it was it was. Yeah, I didn't meet yeah, I didn't, I didn't up.
0: Okay, that wasn't the story he told me, but.
2: Uh, I mean, he, made, uh, he made it up. Uh, I don't I know. we Jordan ever Jordan but we'll bash him for a few minutes. Yeah, hey. He
0: just got back from the Dominican. Yeah, good for him.
1: Like, could he go there just to avoid the hurricane? No. He was like, man, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> no. to no. the Dominican Republic no. the weekend. He
0: wasn't like, gosh, this hurricane, okay. I gotta get out of here. I'll tell you what we need to do. No. That would be funny, though. No. You out right there? What? What's your process for asking guests on? Like, do you say, hey,
2: my name's and I'm 15 and if you don't come on my podcast then I'm going to stalk you like what how do you get people out? like what's your approach?
0: It's a little bit less aggressive than that. Okay. Uh, I it's usually I introduce myself. I do say I'm 15 cuz I don't want them to think you know I'm going to be in a you know a suit in an office with a beard or something and just you know them expect yeah, so something you else. Yeah, just pop
2: up and it's like they just got podcast catfish.
0: catfish like y'all talk i was just about to say that you got podcast guest catfished and they pop uh,
1: on and they're like hey hey little bud is your dad yeah. here
0: yeah can i speak yeah. to mr clark yeah but i'll just i'll reach out uh, oftentimes via email because that's a little bit uh it, it, it's it's professional yet casual And then I'll just say, you know, I'll talk about the podcast, what we do sometimes, you know, depending on what their field is, I'll send them a little clip of the podcast or I'll send them an episode of the podcast and be like, feel free to listen. And usually I don't, many people don't say no. So uh, usually they'll come back and be like, hey, I liked it. And, you know, we'll walk out of schedule in time. You know, I don't
1: think we could take that same approach. I can't be like, "Hey guys, this is Marty and Josh. I'm 35." Yeah. Here's my profile. I'm struggling. I'm
2: struggling to make it. Here's my profile. Here's my here's my Tinder picture. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: You just have your shit. You're on a website that has all that fake. Here's a picture of my 16 year old son. I'm trying to feed him dinner. Yeah. Like, how much of a factor do you think people are just impressed with the fact? That you and Daniel are out doing big things at a young age, and they're like, "We want to feed this. Like, we want to empower young people with a vision."
0: Well, that's well, that's an honor, and I think that a lot of times, uh, maybe that is the case, and I'll take that because you know, uh, you I think a lot. Of, they give you. Oh, absolutely, and I think a lot of people are in a position where you know they really want to, especially if they kind of have the thing going on, they really want to pull into other people. As well and help them, and Mm -hmm. I think you know with me being with us being younger, I think oftentimes you know because one thing I every time we'll have somebody they say I wish I was doing this when I was your age instead of you know dot dot dot. So it's an honor, it really is, and like with Lonnie Martin, it was shock.
2: What we'll do is we'll do the opposite, and me and Marty will tell them we're two (laughs) fifteen-year-olds. Starting the podcast, and then they'll log home, and me and Marty will just be sitting here and be like, yeah. yeah, we just got out of
1: school. Until Chris Hansen went to catch a predator show. So yeah,
0: somebody yeah. in the closet. We got a camera there. We got a camera.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear, we were just recording a podcast. Yeah,
0: yeah. gosh. Yeah. No, what, no, what were we doing? We what were we finished?
1: doing? God. Well, let me flip. Okay, let me ask you a question. Let's Absolutely. flip the script on this. Let's
0: do it. I'm all for it. Josh is 30. I'm 35 years
1: old right? Um, first que- first statement, we need to have you on our podcast. We need to have you and Daniel on ours. We haven't done that yet. We need to reverse it. The real question, though, is what are you going to be doing when you're 32 and a half years old? What's the difference?
3: Ooh,
0: that is an excellent question. So we'll false fall to that false question. You guys just let me know. We would love to do that. And Daniel would, too. Uh, no, we've... Yeah, tell them just
2: to send us his golf <laughs> Oh, <laughs> girl, God, dude. yeah. Send us his tea times.
0: And, uh, because I know we've said that after every podcast. It's like, yeah, I always think, yeah, we need to do that. And as far as the... What I would like to be doing at 32 and a half, 33 or so, that's actually something I've thought about a lot. You know, I've talked about, you know, what I want to do as far as a career and getting into, like, um... You know, political office and things like that. I would love to, at that age, maybe, uh, be in like the state legislature, or something. And uh, I also have. I would also. I would. I'm really into like uh, architecture and real estate. So I would love to do that. Maybe do something involved with that to make you know some real money, and especially if I have a family by then and the whole deal. But definitely that, and I would also love to do something in media still, whether it be a podcast or. Anything like that, I would love to do that, especially if I am in an office, really be able to communicate to the constituents and uh, really uh, be down to off and communicative with that. Constituents, I'll Just let them think
1: you That's a big word. Oh, yeah. Look at you. How long did you study to learn that word? <laughs> I don't um, think I could ever. I think what I just knew it. I'm going to ask him. What does constituency even mean?
0: It's if, okay, if you're basically the people that you solve. So it's like the mayor's constituents is the people of the town. The governor's constituents is the people of his state. Presidents is the so country.
1: It, it, has no, it has no bearing on if they voted for you or
0: not. Not at all. No. Because
1: you know they refer to your voting base. Those are the people most likely to cast kind of vote for you. Yes. But so that in difference. office, whatever the zone of influence is, all of those people, regardless of how they feel about you, are your constituents.
0: You're exactly right. And that's kind of the part that's important about it. It's like, regardless of how they voted, it's still your obligation to solve them just as much as you would the people that voted for you as the ones that didn't.
1: So what, and you've done a lot of politically geared podcasts. Absolutely. So what makes politics attractive to you?
0: The fact that it's naturally has, especially in today's day and age, it naturally has a negative connotation, but flipping into it, it's, but flipping it into a positive and that this can be a really good way that we can help the community and help people as well.
1: Okay. So how, you're probably not the first person that wants to run a positive political campaign. Of course. And yet, it consistently becomes an environment of negativity and accusation.
0: Yeah. So how do you become politically relevant
1: in a culture that feeds off of political pollution? That's a good one. Wow. That's beautiful. I
0: well, I beautiful. would say...
2: Beautiful. <laughs> don't don't hype
0: No. I mean, that's a good question. And I don't get a lot of questions, so I like it when I do. Uh, I would say,
1: say, we're taking over today, we're taking over, Daniel's not here, we're taking
0: over. I'm down with it. I think, one thing that would be important, if I was to run for office, and even with, you know, I'm in a position, I'm the uh, social media guy at uh, the Cherokee County Republican Party. There, I said it, I got partisan for a second. And then, um, (laughs) yeah. uh, so I mean, you know, I've done some, I've worked on some different uh state legislature campaigns and things of that nature. But I would say, if I actually really did become, you know, the guy that was running for office, I, it's not that I would shy away from, you know, I, I would state the truth. I would not play dirty and make up accusations or do it in a in a not uh right way. But I mean, sometimes you know the reason you're running for, I mean, you have to be able to call what's right, right, and what's wrong, wrong. I think. And you also, but the thing is, that's really difficult because you have to do it in a way that's fair to everybody and that respects everybody and their lives. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be somebody that's, you know, taping conversations and leaking them or, you know, making up accusations about an opponent. But I would say I would have to, you know, focus on the issues that matter to the voters and ultimately, uh... Expo- and I don't want to say educate because educate sounds so eh, 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 but if you can expose information or n- give people access to information about the issues that are fail and that are right, then you can hope that they'll make the uh, choice if you are the better candidate. Does that answer your question? Or does that sound... Yeah. Okay. And I mean,
1: it's as good as a political answer is going to get it. A-
0: yeah, yeah, political. that is true. I don't know what you yeah, expect. It depends on, on people
1: actually believe you or don't believe you. Yes. How do you run a political campaign where people do not think you're full of lies?
0: The same way you would do anything else and make people not think you're full of lies. You have to just show that you're an honest person and let them, you know, trust you. I mean, that's what we all do in our different social aspects. That's what we do at jobs. That's what we do at our schools. So I think just priding yourself on being an honest person, being a transparent person in your day to day life, that will naturally yeah. spill over into your political career.
1: That's a good answer. Yeah, integrity wins, pretty much.
0: Absolutely, it always. Yeah. does. Well, yeah,
1: live live with integrity. I um, my uncle is he used to be involved in politics. He now runs a nonprofit, very influential in the Indianapolis area. And he told me one time I called him because of a situation. I was like, I hate the, the impact this is having on my reputation. And he said, you can't think about that. He said, you have absolutely zero impact on what other people think about you. Absolutely. The only thing that you can focus on is how you choose to live and hope and pray that your reputation
0: is an accurate reflection of that. Exactly. You're more in control of your reputation than you would think. So if you win and you go with the
2: slug integrity wins, we need its profits off of
0: that. Yeah, yeah. all right. Integrity, we can...
2: integrity
1: wins. I'll
0: get you some more. How much money of do we get for that? Probably like ten bucks a piece. So twenty.
2: Sold.
0: all right, all right, Are we good. That's good.
2: Yeah,
1: we'll settle.
0: I enjoyed that, we'll go with... I li- I like I like getting questions. That's that's interesting.
1: Okay, so I uh, got I got a, a follow up. All right. In the words of Josh, I got a follow up question to that. Mm-hmm. What's keeping you? Because we hear stories; they come out every now and then of someone that younger, younger than expected, accomplishes more than expected. What keeps you from pursuing some version of a political office even now?
0: Nothing. And here's why. That's something that could very realistically happen this year. I think. though I mean. Are, I mean are you,
1: Are
0: you making an announcement right now? No, and it's like it would the
1: Going places podcast hosted by Tattoos and (laughs) Jesus. Not per se. Is this this breaking news?
0: I would say. Well, no, I'm involved with you know multiple organizations. Uh, It wouldn't be per se a you know actual government office with like town council. You have to be 18 to run for most offices, for, for all offices actually. But you know, with the business, but the position I'm in. With the party and with, you know, I'm also a member of the Black Spark Business Association. And uh, we actually, that's something I'm considering, maybe getting in a leadership position in there. And there's a couple other commissions and uh, organizations I'm involved with that that have like boards and leadership positions that I would very strongly and uh, considering getting on or making an attempt to get on. And I've had other people reach out to me about ask about poaching me to get on.
1: What's the highest le- Do you know? Uh, you may have researched this. What's the highest level of political uh, whatever that you can pursue at your current age? Like you said, you can't be on town council before the age 18. Is there anything that doesn't have an age that's higher than that?
0: Not really. Not really.
1: Like mayor. Can you run for mayor?
0: No. It's 18. Yeah.
1: 18. So
2: get a fake ID and run for mayor. I would love to.
1: Blacksburg hasn't always ran on what we call legal behavior. And so maybe we can uh, bend the rules a little bit here.
0: Yeah, well, you know, don't get me started on that. I don't know where you hold that in Spartanburg, but I'm glad that the world is getting out about that.
1: Well, Um, if you remember, I used, I worked in Gaffney for six years.
0: Yeah, that is true. Okay,
1: So. you have connections. Rumors, rumors floated down the bridge across the river, uh, from Blacksburg to Gatsby about some of the questionable behavior up there.
0: Yeah, those quite some. And I and I want to be careful what I say because these are the people that I'm around. But I'm
1: trying to tra- I'm tra- I'm trapping you right now. Yeah, I'm you
0: you want world. to practice
1: when you run.
0: I wonder the intentions. Of a lot of people, and I, and I and I seriously doubt the integrity of some people. Okay. And okay. if I get anywhere near that office, there will be changes and repercussions for that.
2: Changes I, you, and repercussions. I and can show you. The warning to Blacksburg is out.
0: Well, that was the thing. I would come in as a... Just think. Maybe some people aren't... Maybe I, I won't win because I am, I'm not gonna kind of play into the good old boy system that has rocked Cherokee County politics for the last, I don't know, ever. And I might waffle a couple feathers because I'm not going along with the. That's just the way it's always been. We'll continue to embrace mediocrity in this town.
2: Anything in this world usually revolves around who you know. Oh, absolutely. So, you got to have some backup in there. That's where we come to into get play. To you in that, like, you got to have, you got to create, like, not only you, but you got to have a team with who's you. Who's funding
1: Coming your in movement? Here.
0: Well, I have, well, if who's you... Who's
1: funding your movement? I'm kind of that.
2: Who's got your back? Who are the big names... Pushing you forward, but there's no movement yet. Well, I don't, like, wanna
0: the movement. <laughs> I don't want to say their names. I don't want to say their names, but yeah. half a dozen okay. either current or formal council people have said they would endorse me. Okay, and oppose this.
2: Okay, here's the real question: Is this sponsored by Stop to Shine? No, because if it is, then you just go ahead and throw that out. Because Jordan, I mean Jordan's not. He's gonna he's gonna bail out on you. He can't
1: he can't be given up on. You.
0: Jordan Jordan he he's my he's my campaign advisor. He's my absolute advice. Well, less financial, he apparently more He is
1: spending too much time in the Dominican Republic to be relevant. He, if he can't play fantasy football, which takes a whole level of 30 seconds a week, I don't know that he can be advising campaign. Yeah. yeah it's, it's,
0: we will see. It'll be, it'll be th- you know.
1: Can I make a recommendation that I think is a home run? Absolutely. What you need to do is you need to interview high-level people in the state that are relevant. You know, people that you have already kind of mentioned, your Harley Pe- Peelers, your Governor McMasters, Marty's, you know, your Martys and Josh's. And yeah. what you need to do is you need to script questions in such a way that you get them, not in one sentence, but over a period of time to say, Camden for the name of the position. Yeah. So that you can splice them oh, and create God. advertisements. You are on the subject. Of Governor McMaster saying... Camden Clark for county council or whatever the position is. But they didn't actually say it, but you can splice it together because you baited them to say those words independently and then s- push those out on social media. That sounds yeah, so totally legal. Your whole uh, integrity wins campaign just went down the toilet. Yeah. As long as you put one of those little asterisks and those little fast-talking people saying, uh, there's nothing about this ad that's actually factual, and then like cut it. People don't listen to that. Can, Can
0: we make it okay? Can we get Marty to demonstrate what our asterisk looks like again with his hand? <laughs> just the gang sign over here,
1: Watch a Stone over here. See it, but it was it's a an up. asterisk sign that also works off evil. Yeah, hey,
0: I'll take that.
2: But okay, yeah, what outside of Marty taking over your political campaign there for about twenty or thirty minutes? What what you got for you have anything in mind? What what's what's what you got going on?
0: You talking about for the podcast?
2: Yes, yeah, I got a, a whole... Project.
0: Yeah, I actually I had a couple a of thing. things written down.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, let's go ahead and get I into it. I, was, I waiting was waiting for you guys. I thought we were at breaking news, but I guess we'll shelve that. Yeah, we will. We, we have to... This is not our podcast yet. We're robbing yeah. all the good material. For yeah, we,
0: for I had some stuff oh. I wanted to talk to you guys about, actually, that I planned. Okay. Well, right, one I'm thing, sorry. you know, after, you know, quick segue from that, uh... Yeah. Both of you guys, you know, you guys have been counselors for a number of years. And a lot of times when people hear that, they think of, you know, just, you know, a guy, you know, sitting in a chair, you know, bathrobe, smoking a cigar, while some distressed person is laying across the couch with their hands over the face.
1: Have you been Googling stereotypes?
0: Yes. However, no. (laughs) However, you know, one thing that maybe people don't you know, totally realize whether it be they know somebody or whether they know you or listen to your podcast is about the, uh, actual... Alright, we'll have to start over in like 10 minutes, by the way. I'll just call back. But, uh, they will also may not realize the implications that the field of psychology really has in this and about the training that's involved there. So, tell me a little bit about y'all's kind of interest in psychology maybe some people that you've read or been interested in but tell me why that specific field of psychology really sticks out to you
2: so psychology has always been something for me that i've been interested in i guess you could say my first ever major declaration when i came out of high school was psychology ended up back into that um And it's just, it's it's, like most people, it's intriguing. I mean, you see all these documentaries, you know, you see all these, you know, Netflix, you know, serial killer, like all this, all that plays into psychology. People are so intrigued by how the brain works. Absolutely. Uh, One thing I think is because it's fresh, it's more of a newer aspect. We haven't fully dove into it like um, some aspects of life, like the human body and things like that. Like
3: this is mental health is so fresh is so new there's still discoveries being made
2: and so that's intriguing to me just to have the opportunity to contribute to that uh as far as like certain psychologies like are you asking um, what we prefer in the psychology or counseling field like certain therapies or are you just talking about psychology as a whole job
0: I'm talking about psychology mm. Maybe a little bit of both of those things, if that makes sense. But specifically, like, what is it that, like, with your interest in that, was there was there somebody that you, that, 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 was there a specific book that you read on psychology? Morty, he's pointing
1: out himself. So. No, Josh, Marty, I, I am the person Josh said. Marty, I really is it? No, so the, my recent one oh, is, 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 Albert Ellis. Okay. R E B T therapy. Yeah, I know who that and is. It's... Not to be confused with Aretha Franklin with R E S P E. Exactly. Every time I say it, my mind
2: R E and then go, you got to bring it back. Yeah. So that was the current one. I actually just got a book on like diving more into that as far as that, but it plays a lot into your core beliefs, and we actually talked about it some on the podcast. And how much your core beliefs influence the way you think and the way you act and understanding aspects and, and negative aspects and negative core beliefs and which contributes to negative thought patterns, negative behaviors, things like that. Okay. So that's kind of what I'll be in right now.
3: Good answer. Say. What
0: about you, Marty? Um, What got me in... The, I don't even
1: remember what the questions were. Psychology. What got me into the field of What interests me about the field yes. of psychology... Right, so I actually set out to be a biology person and I was going to be a physical therapist. And <clears throat> I just short answer is I didn't love it. Didn't enjoy it, didn't excel. But I wanted to stay kind of within the sciences and somebody recommended, a friend of mine recommended that I look into psychology solely based on you're good at talking to people yes. that one sentence. And so I ended up just looking at kind of a brochure for the psychology program where I was in college, and they looked interesting. So I started taking psych classes and loved them. Personally, I've always – I'm a people watcher. Yes. Like that's – like I love watching how people operate, how people <laughs> – Listen, head. most of the time they don't know I'm watching them because oh, yeah. uh, they can't see my binoculars <laughs> at that distance, but <laughs> – like I love seeing how people interact, how people function, how people operate. It's just interesting to me um and and so I don't know like it's just it's kind of built from there, and so I just enjoy uh human interaction and so unlike a lot of people like there's different you know within the field of psychology, there's different extremes. I'm not one of those people that really loves diving deep, deep deep into a model or into like a set of practices. You know, I'm a person that really more values just the human experience and how in relationship, there's influence. And so really trying to cultivate what's it look like to build a really strong relationship with someone and then allow that to be a catalyst for change in that person's life. Wow. Um, and so I find that really interesting and fascinating. And honestly, it really integrates well with my belief system as well, as far as a, being a Christian and being able to use the power of humanity, the power of the God-given presence of my life to connect with people and be motivated for change, even if they're not a person of faith. I still believe my faith impacts the way that I see the world interacts with people and cultivates change.
0: That's, yeah, that was exactly the answer I was looking for. And, you know, for me,
1: it's... Like you had wrote down my answer?
0: No,
2: and I just... That
1: would be... That would be a strong political
2: campaign. Like, you are a, you're a mind reader and a magician. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Vote for me. I know you will. That's what it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. Hey,
2: that's perfect. Hey, yeah. I'll, I'll vote for you. If you had sure. that campaign, I would vote for you.
0: Absolutely. And then one other thing that I really – because, you, know, you know, I've read a little bit on psychology. You know, nothing crazy, but I've read some textbooks and some books. I don't know what either of your opinions on them is, but I'm a big uh, fan of Jordan Peterson. And, uh, I think that, you know, one thing that's really, you don't like Jordan Peterson, Morty?
1: Jordan Peterson is a current flash in the pan.
0: I don't know what that means.
1: It's today tomorrow. I don't, I don't, okay, number He's one. He's a
0: little wishy-washy, I will say that.
1: Jordan Peterson is very political. True. So, pretty much right down your alley. Right,
0: so I think you're attracted to him because he makes very strong statements. Yeah, I didn't say he was great. I just said I liked him.
1: I, here's the thing. I don't dislike him. Yeah. I'm not saying I dislike him. But he, he's very intelligent. He he words things in a really like TikTok-friendly way. Yeah. Right? So I, I, I don't dislike Jordan Peterson. But <clears throat> he's like the current trend. If you are a conservative person that wants to delve into motivation – psychology, the power of influence. Like he's your guy right now.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: He's like uh what's his name? Who's the who's the uh, the Jewish guy? Ben Shapiro. He's like a psychological Ben Shapiro ish. Yeah. I got you. So I don't I don't dislike him, but I think he's riding away.
0: I get you. And, you know, he knows how to answer a question while not answering it. I'll say that. Right. And he has been a little, like, you know, he's very into, like, the Old Testament illustrations and things like that. But at least nothing I've seen, he hasn't actually professed faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So, and that's something between him and God. That's not for me to, it's really none of my business. But I do think that, I think you're right with what you say. I don't disagree with what you said, Morty. But I would say...
1: What's... it's fine. I'm willing to be a flash in the pan of people Yeah. <laughs> I mean – So I'm not against that.
0: Yeah. I just think as well, it's like the thing with psychology – I don't necessarily – I think of him almost more of a philosopher than psychologist.
1: That's true. That's fair. That's true. Would you like philosophy? We've talked about that
0: Absolutely, before. and I did want to get into that a little bit today. But I do think as well – Psychology. I think of psychology. It does have some ties in philosophy because it is kind of the philosophy of life, the your philosophy of your brain, and that kind of sounds kind of a uh, kind of redundant to say. Well, I thought philosophy was the philosophy of life, but no. There are some connections there, and that's part of why I think it's so interesting. It's also a bit of a cost because in the readings I have done, and I think I just do kind of have some natural instincts where I'm very good at reading people and their personality, especially if I get to know them for a while. So, mm-hmm. if I know that you're that way, I know you'll be in a certain way even when you don't maybe even come to terms with that yourself. Yeah. So, I'm able to kind of read that and understand people a little bit better, too. And it helps me, but it also frustrates me to a T, too. But it's just kind of that analyzing of it. You know what I'm saying? So... Let's take a quick break. I'm gonna call you back in like literally thirty seconds. Is that okay? Yeah. Do I
1: need to? Are you gonna send me a new link or what? Yes, sir. All right. Sounds good. Might All
0: right. Be- and we are back. Welcome to the back to the Going Places podcast for the second round. We did have to take that little break real quick. One with Josh and Morty from Tattoos and Jesus to kind of piggyback off what I was saying just a minute ago. Wouldn't you say that? Philosophy and psychology, and I know this might be a a a question more so for Morty since he's really into philosophy. But wouldn't you say that there are some serious connections there as well?
1: Yes and no. Okay, I'm scared. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. This is where I get scared. I've known some guys that are like really, really deep into philosophy, and what it's made me realize. Well, a little bit of a philosopher I am, but they, like, destroy. And so part of me was to wow. like, yes, there is a lot of crossover there. But then in talking to some guys that I feel like are really, like, knowledgeable in philosophy, I realized I'm way in over my head, and I don't know nearly as much as I thought I did.
0: Yeah. I think you, that reminds me a lot of myself in a way, because I feel like, you know, anytime you get into those deeper subjects— especially if it ends with the O-G-Y whether it will be, philo- or like, if, if it's theology or yeah. philosophy. Like, say I'm just a Christian, and I read a little bit into theology, but I usually stick to kind of just, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I read the Bible, you know, I go to church. But it's like, when you talk to somebody that is just entrenched in theology, you know, that sometimes can be a bit of a turn-off. Is that what you're saying? Is that a good
1: analogy? Yeah, well, no matter how much you know, there's typically a deeper level. Of debate, yes, and not and everybody so, wants like, to debate. So like you talk about theology, you know, you get on Facebook and all of a sudden there's a meme. Man, God has a plan for everything. Do you really think that? Do you believe God is micromanaging this world? Oh, okay. You take a Calvinist view, or do you take an Arminianist view? And like, it just no matter what somebody states, there's a deeper, deeper level of debate that's present. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like questioning the existence of God. If God is, if has control of his earth, is he really a good God? Like it's just like this endless. And so I feel like philosophy is the same way. It's an entire field built around theories that really lack very much concrete stuff that makes it absolute.
0: I think that might be the highlight. uh, That might be your highlight of this podcast because that kind of ties together what I had so far and what else I had. Because I remember because that is just so something that. You know, that is in my life a lot because I'm into it. But at the end of the day, I'm 15. So if I'm arguing with somebody or debating with somebody that's 40 years old and they say, well, you don't even have a a college education, it's like, well, you're right. But that's kind of, that's that's not a nice thing to say. Are you that serious about it? Or if you're questioning my salvation or (laughs) my intelligence and and anything else?
1: In the absence of a real argument, we'll just take cheap shots. Cheap shots.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Look, look,
2: Cam, this is what you got to tell me. You got to say, the disciples all were around your age. Doesn't matter. Is that The tri- disciples of Jesus were all around your age. Yeah. Yeah, they were all like 12-ish, 12 ish. 12 to 16? 12 to 18? they studied that, the culture there studied so much up until that point that they knew everything. Yeah. I think the oldest one was Peter and he was like, what, 17, something like that?
0: I didn't know that. that I, that's that's impressive.
2: Yeah. But to, to combat a little bit about Marty, first of all, I also enjoy philosophy. It's nothing to cut me out of the conversation. Oh,
0: I didn't know that. I thought you. I thought you didn't. That's
2: okay. you know, you know like, If you like Kanye, you like philosophy. You no, see,
0: you're exactly right. Amen, brother. Easy season nine.
2: But I feel like philosophy actually shapes the psychology of the person a little bit, in my opinion. Ooh, I think beautiful. your your view of life is going to shape your the view of the way you think but to marty's point things can alter that yeah they can alter the experiences traumas it can alter your view of life but i still think your philosophy plays into that which is is a lot of the model
1: that we've done. And this is where I ultimately have a hard time in in debating with people, is that fundamentally your temperament, your personality style, is going to make you attracted to a tenet of philosophy, a relational, a a religious persuasion. Like, your personality is going to make you attracted to certain tenets more so than others. And so you're more likely going to say, you know what, I am drawn to Socrates or Nietzsche or whoever you know, name a philosopher or a philosophical approach to life. Like your personality is going to most connect with one of them. So then I, I'm, I'm left with the question of, does that make me right, you wrong? Because one made more sense to me in the same way that a different one makes more sense to you. Yeah, absolutely. Like how do we ultimately, and that's where I end up struggling because I can predict, Bring this full circle back to we're talking about um, political beliefs, right? I'm gonna let you in on a little persuasion I have. I think both sides of the aisle have almost just as much right as they have just as much wrong.
3: Ooh, I yeah,
1: in, in based a way. On yeah. your personal, based on your personal comfort, based on what you personally like. You are more comfortable with some sets of what they have right and more comfortable being wrong with some of the other stuff yeah. versus the opposite.
0: Yes. It and doesn't, I th- yeah,
1: It doesn't make you more right or more wrong. It always makes you more comfortable. And within a 15-minute conversation, I can typically pre- predict – which side of the aisle or philosophical belief or whatever a person's going to have just based on their personality. Absolutely. That's actually, this was a podcast that we did maybe
2: was a two or three weeks ago. We talked about, um, how your environment shapes the way you think, feel, act. But the one thing that we could point to that really can pull you out of that kind of flow is your philosophy or your belief system. Absolutely. That was one of the strongest ways of pulling you out of this cultural or environmental normality where you, you're you kind of like stuck in this thought process or you're stuck in this view. And because a lot of people around you are shaping that and it's going to shape you whether you fully accept it or whether you fully reject it. And the only thing to kind of take you out of that is that personal philosophy or that personal belief system that you kind of create within yourself and so that for me is what I tap on in counseling sometimes but to go back to that is that's what I think about if you if you lean one way or the other politically the reality is you're really turning on blinders to what you see as right in the oh other party yes. because you don't want you have you're forced to pick and choose I do think culture and people are coming to a place to where you can kind of feel more of a middle ground starting to to ve- develop, I guess, a little bit. But you know,
0: people—if you're in this party, you turn on your blinders to anything that's right in the other party, and then vice versa. And it just—it it all kind of just depends. Yeah.
2: And so Marty has a good point. It's just—I mean, wow. at the end of the day, it's just like spinning circles.
0: Yeah, I think that was. Here's what I think. I think. That was amazing, both of you guys. That was exactly what I was I was wanting. That was your TikTok flashing the. That was your. That was your moment for today. Yes, man. I tell you
2: what. Don't, don't get him started on TikTok.
0: No, don't get me either. But I do think that uh, both of you guys. I think that was that was a great answer. And you know the way you tied that into a political thing. First of all, I also want to ask you when this is done in your first fifteen minutes of meeting me. Guess what you think. I would lean and then on some stuff that maybe you may that maybe I haven't told you already but back to what I was saying I would say that the reason that is you are a product of the or not your product your philosophy is oftentimes the product of that environment but that can be a positive or a negative thing because I know some people that they grew up you know whether it be Baptist or Presbyterian or Pentecostal non-dimensional or non-denominational and they just went with that their whole life I knew some people that grew up in a staunch, conservative household and just went on with that. And it's not that there was, to anything wrong with that because I also know some people on the opposite side of the spectrum that grew up in those environments and they totally rejected that when they got older. Uh-huh. And, you know, whether it be... And, you know, it, it really gets tragic when, you know, they did grow up in a Christian home, but because whether they were mistreated or abused or whether they were just in a toxic environment with those people that they were so caught up in their ways about that certain sort of ideology that that made them reject that. But I also think, politically speaking, we are in a culture right now where we are so divided politically. And the, le- the left thinks they're right and the right thinks that they're right. And, you know, if you're somebody like me, you know there'll there some there would be some conservatives who would say that I'm not conservative enough and that would, you know, say I'm more liberal. Well if I go talk to a liberal, they're gonna say I'm, you know, far too conservative. And, you know, for someone that's kinda you know, 'cause like labels are so frequently used today when we live in a world where they wanna know are you on my team or not. Yeah. And I think the other well, here's, Yeah, go
3: ahead.
1: Here's the thing when you're in the middle, when you choose to take a more moderate, is a political term, or just a more neutral stance, not because you don't have an opinion, but because you're trying to hold the tension between the two extremes. Yes. All that does is make you an enemy of both. Yes. And in a battlefield, it puts you in the middle, getting shot at from both directions, which is not a very comfortable place to be. And so it's much more comfortable to pick an extreme because then you're back. You can have your back to one side, and you can have people around you fighting an enemy that's in front of you. But when you try to hold the center ground, you end up feeling attacked from both, you know, from both sides.
0: You're exactly right. And the thing too, you know, for me, it's like, you know, somebody that, you know, I, I consider myself overall, whether I play into the conservative or liberal thing, is well, I, I consider I pride myself on being more common sense than anything else. And I think that's where a lot of people, that's where a lot of people turned off to me. Because...
1: Common sense, Clark.
0: Yeah. your... That's my campaign thing. Because you have to look at it. Where you have, well. what I believe, and you may not agree with this, and this is fine. I believe that the most extreme parts of left- leftism is what's being held right now. And the most extreme parts of rightism its what's being held right now to the other side.
2: No, I absolutely agree. Yeah. But if you hold the if you hold the middle ground, the issue is to to kind of combine that is even if you're not getting shot, because I don't I don't feel shot at both sides, but I don't feel relevant in the conversation. If you hold the middle ground, you, you don't have a say. You don't have you don't feel relevant, you don't okay. you may be attacked by both sides of times, but you can also just not feel like you're making any
1: type of movement or impact or If you want if way. you want votes, you have to you have to come in strong.
0: Yes, you do. You can't be wishy-washy. You, that's why so many thing, models don't get thing. it. Who determines the poli- the political personality that's getting put on the stage?
1: It's not the people; it's the party. Yeah. And so I think the people want somebody that holds middle ground. But
3: before
0: oh, boy, the people
1: ever get a say, the party picks the person they want to put forward. You're right. And the party's going to pick somebody not that walks up that says, "You know what." I really see some value in what the other side's offering, and I'm gonna hold that tension. They're gonna say, freak no. Yep. Yeah. G- give me somebody that's gonna hold fast to yes. the stronger tenets of whatever that, that yes. is.
0: Because they want somebody that's speaking to them. Yeah. And because yeah. oftentimes they'll so fired up about, say, maybe the, uh, maybe what the other side is doing, and they'll, and they're more entitled to be dissatisfied with that, but they want something that's going to be totally the opposite of that, which oftentimes is a little bit too extreme as well. And that's why for me, as somebody who, you know, is, you know, openly and proudly, you know, identifies as somebody that is, you know, more on the right, leans more conservative, that's something that for other people, you know, it's like, it's not enough for that, and it's, it's not enough for the other side here, and it's, and it's and and but the other people they want somebody that is hardcore on all the issues where you might only be hardcore on you know the major issues does that make any sense
1: yeah yeah
0: right and i think that's a big part of it too and to play into okay i'll ask you guys a question now oh i've been doing that what did you what did you in the first fifteen minutes of meeting me, and not even for my ideologies, what was your overall perspective of me and your opinion of me as a counselor who has a background in psychology and analyzing? Be be hard. I can as take as it. As far as
2: what though, like what are you looking like? Perspective as of what?
0: As in me. Who am I? What do you think I am? Not even about ideologies, but just as a person. What kind of person do you think you, I am? What
1: do you think somebody would observe of you in 15 minutes? What do you think would be the top three or four points that a person would observe?
0: <clears throat> would you guys, can you guys answer false and then I'll say because I don't want to influence your oh, answer. Oh,
1: I almost had. I know left you left did and something. I went so through I that. But so I hope done. Done the system. Again. Yeah. Try to pull a Jordan Peterson.
0: Am I? <laughs>
1: uh, you, uh, so you're Jordan's brother. Uh, stop talking. All right, so <laughs> this is what I'm going to say is this is an analysis. Of, I don't know if this was the first 15 minutes, but here's the thing. We've
0: well, been up to the now.
1: Vast majority, the vast majority of people under the age of 18 are not developing and building a social media platform for the sake of a healthy, meaningful discussion, right? They're trying to become influencers or just become TikTok famous, you know, whatever that may be, but they're not trying to build a podcast platform, right? They're not trying to seek out relevant relationships across the state of influential people and then having the guts to go and develop those. They're not normally politically informed, religiously informed, philosophically informed or, Anything else, right? There's a tremendous deficit in relevant education in with people today, right? And that's yes. adults, teens. It doesn't matter, right? And the fact that you were, do you, you're have entrepreneur characteristics. Um, you like education. You're driven. You're not gonna. You take a challenge as an opportunity, not as a barrier. And so, right there, that tells me a lot about who you are as a person. Right. And the really tra- trajectory of your life, if those trends continue. Wow. Um, right. And yeah. so it also to kind of go back to what we were just talking about, it also tells me a lot about the political culture that you're most likely to connect with. Yeah. Because if you think of a conservative culture, the Republican culture, you're going to look at somebody who values that there is or operating from a place of truth and fact. And that we value hard work and determination. We we value somebody who's able to kind of pick themselves up from the bootstraps to work hard, not to disvalue the relevance of we, not to disvalue the relevance of people, but to put a lot of emphasis on the value of building yourself up regardless of what you face in life. And you work hard to overcome that. And whatever challenges you face is an opportunity to grow.
0: Absolutely. And that, that was right? very- that
1: lines. That lines up with who you are as a person, right? Versus if you looked at somebody that's more likely to associate with, say, a left-leaning Democratic or progressive party, they're more likely to be people that understand the value of community. They understand the importance of we. A rising tide lifts all ships, And so we need to look at how as a society we're taking care of the least of these so that everyone has an equal opportunity on the playing field. And if they don't have an equal opportunity, how can we create a structure that levels it to the best of our abilities, accounting for deficits, not to dismiss the value of hard work and not to dismiss accountability, but putting a tremendous emphasis on how can we as a community surround people and make them better, even if it means we have to take away from some of the hardworking people to give everyone a fair shot at life.
0: Absolutely. And, and I see what you're saying. And those, that is what, you know, in their minds, that that's what they're about. And that, yeah. those are all, in a way, positive things. But mm-hmm. from somebody else, they might look at that and see something else in that, if that makes sense. So yeah, both of both because
1: there's pros and cons. There's pros and cons no matter how you use your life. Absolutely. If you completely dismiss your responsibility as as an individual to take ownership of your life, and you place the responsibility on the society around you to take care of you, that is the worst extreme of societal responsibility. It is right, but to only focus on that is really to focus on like the one percent.
2: You're exactly right. On the
1: flip side. You know, to completely dismiss the impact of society and the environment on the cultivation of who we are as people, and to only believe that who you are can be determined, and that if you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, that's also not possible. Because without the success of the world around us, I don't care how hard you work, you can't out-earn or out-build the people that are in your lives. Like, you have to have a community around you in order to be successful. But with hard work and determination, you can compound that success. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, like, both both have truths, and both also have consequences when taken to an unhealthy extreme.
0: Yes, I agree. Does
1: that answer the question?
0: That know. does answer the question. That does, does answer. That that's question.
1: what.
2: So, in the first fifteen, let me, let me this: in the first fifteen minutes of talking to Kevin, that's what you thought of me. That's what you got. I'll take Ain't it. No shot. I'll take no, it. That's in the first 15 minutes. You pulled that out there. No, listen, look. you remember how you said, you know, you talked about Jordan Peterson, about how he, and Marty said, he knows how to answer the question without answering the question. Yeah. Marty is the master at answering the question without answering I the could question. I
0: can see because he was already apprehensive when I asked because he wanted me to say what I thought someone's perception of me might be. What he
2: be. said is extremely true, but it had no relevance to the question. Oh, absolutely. I
0: no, I enjoyed it, though. I thought he was just going to you know, say, I mean, like, I thought point. you were...
2: I think,
1: I think everything he said was, was, was great. Oh, I, I did, too. I was, I was, Arnold.
0: was I, Arnold. I feel honored right now.
1: Okay, so here's my honest confession. About five minutes ago, you said, I'm about to ask you guys what you thought of in your first 15 minutes of seeing only, me. And, and so me. ever since you said that, my mind was, my mind was thinking, yeah, and so because what I'd already established are these are some like back when we were talking about politics, and and how there's truth and lies on both sides. Like I was already thinking about who you are as a person sets you up to be most connected to certain certain uh, political parties. So, yes. like, I was already thinking about that. Of course, and then but then I also have to explain how these characteristics are naturally in people. And so it naturally makes sense that they connect with these political parties. It so means they can hold these tensions and compromise on these tensions. And so, like my mind has already been operating for about ten minutes conceptualizing that.
0: I got you, and that's perfectly fine. You know, one other thing I would love to, you know, talk about that. I'm always very careful, especially if I have a guest on that's either in Christian ministry in a position of leadership, talking about politics. And even if you know me, I know we, we've actually, we've probably talked politics more than we have on any other podcast we've been on, which is fine. And I think that, you know, I'm always apprehensive to talk about that there, because I think with the state of uh, politics versus religion and Christianity and the church, the evangelical church, I think that's such a tightrope to walk right now for people in leadership. And I have complaints about both sides. Because, I mean the church was so influential for a large part of the 20th century and all of the 19th century so there was such a thing there that when we've kind of got away from this a little bit which I think is actually overall healthy because here's my two grievances and with this being said I'm not a pastor so I have kind of I sympathize for both I am disappointed when you have some pastors that'll tell you how to vote from the pulpit. Cause I've seen videos. I, I'll watch crazy pastoral videos, and you'll have some of them that from that are telling you if you don't vote for this, you're not getting in heaven. And a lot of times they have a southern accent.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then <laughs> just just yeah. being real. But a lot of those, those are more of the old school pastels. but something else that I find just as disheartening and kind of weak, I know that's a strong word, but kind of weak would be the other end of the spectrum where we live in this world. Where I think some pastels, at least to my perception, especially if they're a little bit more modern, they become so extreme. And we were just talking about, you know, being a moderate and moderation and things like that. They are so passionate about staying in the middle and being moderate that they almost become extreme, in and of that self. And they're like they're so extreme
1: in, in keeping the moderate. They're like they're so committed to not having a side
0: that becomes another side in and of they itself. They
1: become like irrelevant.
0: Yes, and they almost say something. They'll say nothing while saying. They're, while they're talking, they'll not say anything.
1: Now you have successfully stepped on my toes.
0: Well. Marty No, I'm You have to
1: take a
2: side.
0: Yeah, well, you don't have to take a side. You have to take a side,
2: yeah, well, or, take a side. Take a side or create your own. Yes, you or create a side or not or take one at all. Anything.
0: Or not take one at all and just stay out of it, I think. Because I think that, you know, there are some people who they want to sympathize and categorize maybe to either sides of the spectrum yeah. in the name of not being divisive. But they're creating an extreme aura around themselves that only creates – that almost creates you have like another direction. You have one on the the spectrum, the other on that. It almost creates another one that is just as extreme. And I understand that. And I understand why.
1: you are correct. Hmm. I actually had a conversation with somebody recently. They were like, hey, Marty, would you be interested in doing this? And it was in this leadership capacity. And I said, I don't know if I'm the best person to do it. Because I'm so sh- – I struggle so much with taking a side, and I think that position demands of somebody who's willing to set a standard. Yeah. and But that's true of my personality. Like I like to highlight the bull crap on both sides. Yes. And I like to highlight that fact. But at the same time, you can't listen to this podcast and say this is what Marty actually believes.
0: Exactly. You're exactly right. I've, I've been going back and forth in my head this slide. whole time. I retweet. If anybody can listen to all of our podcasts –
2: and tell me what Marty actually thinks, please let me know. But I will say Marty does a great job of holding both sides and letting the audience kind of choose. Oh yes. Whereas I get a little carried away sometimes and kind of just hop on bandwagons. Yeah. The issue the issue that I have with with it is people can change. Yes. People's perspectives can change. Yes. People's thoughts, people's philosophies, people's environments, people's. And so with that, for me personally, I don't ever want to take a side because I know I'm, I'm apt to change my thoughts and views, depending on who I talk to, what I hear, information given to me, the environment I'm in. Like, it's, it's hard for me to commit to something and so that might even play into that extreme of in the middle of, well, because I could be completely kind of just to give a little background. I used to be 100% five point Calvinist reformed, couldn't talk me out of it. Now I'm complete opposite. And so Yay. that this whole process has kind of like show, shown me just, and we've talked about it today a little bit, like this whole. Like when you you kind of like are revealed with certain aspects or enlightenments or whatever, you can change your perspective on things. People just don't allow that. Yeah, I think if you as a as a person, especially politically, like you can allow some of that to happen. I think it would, would be extremely powerful having somebody to allow change to happen and still hold everything together. But I don't, I just don't know if that's possible.
0: You're right, and I think that's you know. First of all, that's really good that you're vulnerable, that you're... I don't want to say vulnerable, but that you're...
1: He's He's a tender fellow.
0: No, and that you're willing to make a change on that.
1: Tender? On
2: what? On
0: anything, (laughs) whether it be uh, soteriology, whether it be anything. Whether it be any... that's That's a
2: recent change, too. Like, that's... That's not how I how I was, but that's how I am now. Like that's and that's the whole reason we started even the podcast was like that tension, that tattoos in Jesus, like that's the whole aspect of it is we want to present a platform that gives all sides or as much of the of each side to whatever we're talking about. Yeah. And then allowing people to make the decision while still holding the middle ground that it's okay, whichever side you're on. Yeah. I mean, obviously that has limitations and things, but the reality is you can do that and still be okay. People don't think that people don't think you can still be okay by shifting and changing and things like that.
0: Yeah. I'd say you're exactly right. And I think that's a good segue to the, or the almost last topic that I really wanted to dive in deep with you guys. At the last time we did a podcast together, Morty had asked me, and I'll, and I'll kind of come back to this in a second, Morty had asked me if there were any specific rabbit trails theologically that I was going down, and there really wasn't anything specific, so I just kind of gave a generic, kind of a general answer, which I think he appreciated, but... A No, not at all. Wait, well, we we can get into that. Anyway... But I, I actually, I actually just said kind of just some generic stuff, just theology in general and like things about, you know, uh, the resurrection and things of that nature. But now, I'd say probably about, uh, two months ago almost, I kind of started getting into some of the, uh, deeper stuff and like, you know, the, uh, argument that, uh, Josh just referenced about whether, you know, Calvinism or Arminianism or anything like that. But I'm gonna play the game with Marty now. And, because you, you said, if you can guess what it is, if I am totally wrong, do not be offended. Because I very well could be, and this is my first time doing this. So before. hold on,
1: you're guessing a theological trail that I'm going down?
0: No, I'm guessing where you're at, or where you once were.
1: Okay, where I once was.
0: Five years ago, you were much more reformed than you are now.
1: That's your guess for me?
0: Is that correct?
1: That's Josh.
0: Because um, I feel like okay. you guys slightly different.
1: We do slightly different. Josh is always like three. Josh always makes me slightly anxious. <laughs> That's <sucks. laughs> so true. Uh, because this is what I've found in life. I am okay kind of pushing the limits a little bit. Yeah. Because I'm comfortable where I'm at in that. Yes. But then when I meet someone, because it's the same is true with my wife. When my wife is all of a sudden questioning one thing and she's a couple steps ahead of me, a couple steps more questionable. Or when Josh does it, I'm thinking, do we need to pull back on those reins. Like we need to – That's when you get uncomfortable. He's always, like, he's always like two steps ahead of me. So I'm cool ruffling feathers, but I don't want somebody else to ruffle the feathers further than I'm ruffling them at any given time. Right. But it's good.
2: And so if you are like that, the beauty of that – not not – you know, anyway – the beauty of that is if you are if you tend to be that way so for me I tend to be all in like this is a brand new thought brand new flash brand new thing that I'm kind of come uncovering Presented to Marty Marty always gets texts or something that I'm like look here it is Marty's really good about reeling me back in before I jump off the deep end yeah
1: and just go full on and so you need,
2: if that's the tendency, you need somebody to at least like say, okay, hold on a second, let's hold talk on about it, big fella. And yeah. kind of, and, and so then that allows space to really study it, research it, dive into it, talk about it, and make a more rational decision more than an
1: ira- ir- irrational jump towards it. Yeah. Um, no. I, so this is where you're, well, this is probably what you're smelling to make you state that statement. So I grew up in pretty much a stereotypical evangelical Protestant, as it becomes, right? Yes. And probably over the last five years, I have started to reevaluate my faith more than I ever have before.
0: All right. That's what I was looking for.
1: And so I have not strayed dramatically from my beliefs. I've strayed in how much religious practice is is ties in with beliefs right like not walking away from religion right i'm an elder in a church very much believe in church but just kind of exploring those things in the search for
0: what is like an expression of conviction and what is just cultural practice yeah i know yeah oh wow that's good yeah definitely yeah. and it's weird for me Cause I've totally gotten to like neither one of my parents, or like theologically, that they, they know what they believe, but they don't per se know what that is called. Just because they haven't read that, they know what they believe, but they haven't. They like they don't use a name for that per se. Right. Theology for me is like college football. I was around it, but I never was into it. And then when I did. I totally wanted to, you know, figure it out on my own, and I chose a team, and I was okay, but I didn't have any outside influencers trying to pressure me into one thing or another. So, yeah. like, Josh, what kind of made you change from Five Point Calvinist at one point to something else?
1: You realized it was wrong? <laughs>
0: that will do it. <laughs> Be hundred percent honest. I'm not entirely. I can I don't know if I can pinpoint the exact moment, but um, it was a slow progression
2: of understanding that there's another view that's not wrong. I guess, like because sometimes, and people who are reformed will get offended, but it's okay. Yes, people it is okay. who are reformed take a take a stance that if you're not for me, you're against me. Yes. And that's a dangerous stance to have in Christianity. Actually, I can him one. um, uh, Francis champ. Yeah. Me and Marty just talked about this the other day. He, he's, he went through this process to where he was open. Cause it was, it was one of a the, like theologically one of the guys I studied, loved everything about him. And so he went through, um, and probably still going through, this this more open mindset where unity is more important than uh, being right or wrong in theology, mm-hmm. and in the secondary theology sense, not necessarily the core beliefs. Yeah. And so he went through this process, and I followed kind of like what his thought trail was, and it's led me into a whole field of this open mindset, which led me into... The theology in the Wrong podcast that me and every listen, listen to. It's so open to actually take a unbiased view of what theology is, what I'm reading, what I'm studying, what I'm looking at, and then making that open to interpretation. And understanding that reform people don't not necessarily I don't I still I'm not saying that they're wrong. And I'm not saying that you know what I am. I don't even know what I. Am, to be honest and honestly, it's not like I've completely went away from it. But everybody at some level is right, mm-hmm. and that unity is more important than who's right and who's wrong. It's kind of the
1: stance that I'm on right now. Here's unfortunately, like the longer I live and the more I experience this thing, as much as I think there are some cornerstones of Christianity that cannot be compromised on, they cannot you they can't be. Yeah. Or they're no longer Christianity. Absolutely. The more I study some of these issues that different groups tend to make black and white, I realize there is far less that we know with certainty than that which has some ambiguity. And that is a really uncomfortable place to be. It is not comfortable to put your eternal belief system on something that feels more ambiguous than certain. And I think sometimes that's Mm -hmm. what generates the need for us to create certainty. Yeah. It's because living in that ambiguity, that, that weird tension is really uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And I've always been a little bit uncomfortable around these hardcore people on each side. Let's just take that issue because it is such a hot topic in theology. Mm-hmm. I, take somebody on each side of the spectrum that is so hardcore on that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. they use that and like they're so passionate about it. I know some I know I know I know some people that are hardcore in your face, Calvinist, if you're, you're barely saved. I've had people tell me yeah. that. Things like that. I know some people that are more moderate. I know some people that consider themselves uh, Molinist. I know some people. I know a few people that are hardcore Universalist, which is where you're getting into some trechy waddles.
1: Those people exist in Blacksburg.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, and for me, and I'll just, and, you know, um, I, just... I, I think everybody's a little bit, I think those good things to take from all of them some less than others, but for me, I do consider myself more of an Arminian, just based off of, but at the same time, I've been studying this issue for three months. Some of these people have been studying it for 30 years. Yeah. So, when I'm debating people, who whether they have a theological degree or what have you, I think I want to make sure, and I struggle with this as a human being, and especially when I'm talking in conversations. Are they getting the right perception of me? Are they getting the real me? And I freak out about it sometimes. I really do, guys. Because I wonder, what are they going away with this? And I'm not somebody that cares about what everybody thinks, but I want people to know the real me, and I don't want them to get a false perception. So I also try to avoid, in these topics, to avoid sounding like the 15-year-old idiot that woke up one day and wanted to be enlightened and started talking about all these deep topics and makes himself look like a fool. But
1: that hopefully that just drives you to study
2: more.
0: Oh, it does. That's exactly what it does. That's exactly yeah, what it does. Because the
2: reality is you probably don't even know what the real you is right now. And you're I'm still sure. going through that process and that journey in yourself.
0: But I, I, you're exactly right. And I needed to heal that because I struggle to be okay with
3: that. And
2: yeah,
1: that's, no, why that's why so you got yeah. Well, listen, I'm 35 and I still don't know the real me. And I am an uneducated idiot. So you're ahead of the game. Yeah, well, that's 100% true.
0: Hey. I'll definitely take that. So I'll try to give my, and I try to give other people grace on that thing as well, but maybe give myself yeah. some as well as what you're saying, maybe. Yeah,
2: 100%. Absolutely. It goes okay both
0: ways. Absolutely. Well, I did have one, I don't know what your schedule was looking like, but I did have one more question. If you got anything else you'd like to add for this, and then we can get to that if you want and wrap up.
2: Thank you so much little bit
0: of a Oh, okay. Well, let me try that again real quick. One second. We'll be right back. All right. Well, we do welcome back. That is kind of annoying about Zoom, though, where you can only go for a certain amount of time. But if you hang up and call right back, it's like it never even happened and it starts over. Yeah. It's like we have yeah. the system. That's,
1: that's what we call forgiveness. That's like forgiveness.
0: Oh, amen. That's something I've been reading about a lot, too, and thinking about. So,
1: first all right, of all... Got, we've got, like, five or eight minutes left. I can get it one in one, four. One, one, one.
0: yeah. I can get it in four. Wait, what did he say?
1: Okay. One, forty?
0: Yeah, Yeah. perfect. So, my final question... Well, first of all, thank you guys for that. I really enjoyed that. This is our favorite podcast so far with y'all. But... Uh,
2: oh,
0: man, you're welcome. Uh, and I just... Smart, and I genuinely do... First of all, I really enjoyed that topic we had last time, too. But also, I really do, and I'm speaking on behalf of Daniel when I say this, too. We really do appreciate you guys just pouring in and really helping us with some different stuff, and just encouraging, and just continuing to come on the podcast and support us. We appreciate you.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, at the at the uh, temptation of making this mushy, uh, no, y'all are great. Like we love it. And and uh, so here's the thing: like a lot of the stuff you struggle with, we do too. Like you said, I want someone to have an authentic view of myself. Yes. Right. Like you said, I want people to see me authentically. Like they can like it or dislike it, but I at least want to be accurate. Yes. You know, and so, like, that's true. Like, Josh may be the same way, but, like, I often will walk away from, like, feedback and criticism was one of the hardest things to adjust to with the podcast. Because I know I go on tangents. Mm -hmm. I know that I start randomly, like, that 15-minute spiel about who you are as a person and how that defines politics. Like, I know people are probably like, Marty, shut up. Right? I'm just like, shut up, Marty, shut up. Like, right now, I'm doing another one. No, it's good. So, like, I just know that that is true about me, and it bothers me, but then I'm like, but in some ways, like, this is just, this is what I bring to the table.
0: Great. I get that. And I'm the same way. So, for my final question, and then we'll wrap up and just say goodbye. What's the vision for yours podcast, other than having us on as guests hopefully soon? And (laughs) what is the dream guest of yours?
1: Well, there's the pre-going places um, vision we have, and then whatever pops off after we do going Place.
0: That's awesome.
1: Going yeah. going places is going to set us to a new
2: level. Yeah. Pretty much. To be a hundred percent honest, <laughs> to, 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 we just spent this last twenty minutes talking about being comfortable with not knowing or being in the middle. We are a hundred percent right there at the podcast. Like we have we have transitioned into. Like our podcast,
1: they flow a lot better. To be a hundred percent honest, they flow a lot better. At least from our perspective. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's,
2: we don't listen so. to
1: them.
0: I do.
2: And so it's and so we're just to be honest, we're just enjoying just the podcast. I mean, to be like just enjoy like talking. We got the setup back here. We got the two mics. We That's got awesome. them locked off on our schedule, and we just roll with it. And if something happens, it happens. I think Marty might have mentioned that either personally
1: or on the podcast about the vision and how it's like. You go ahead and start? We, have, I don't know what you're referring to. When what you talked about. We sat down before we ever did the podcast, and we're like, "What's going to make this successful?" And what we came down to uh, was like, we just want to have fun. We want to enjoy doing it. Yeah. And so as long as we're having fun and we're enjoying it, we need to not look at numbers, not look at success, not look at anything else. Like as long as we're having fun and it's valuable to us, we just gonna keep rolling with it. That said, we appreciate feedback. If we can make it a better product for people to listen to, we'll do that. But at the end of the day, we have to have fun. And so one thing that I think we've kind of gotten into, and it's like some people would call it, it, would criticize this, but I think it's just kind of where we are. What makes it fun is not having to put in tons and tons of time like it's a second job. Yeah. And so like there's times that we do better job marketing. There's times that we push it on Facebook and make some like outside the podcast material. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go like, I can't tell you the last time that I did a Facebook post. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, like we're busy and so we're like you know what Like, if God wants to advance it he's going to advance it Yeah, that's what I was getting at like without us like I want to be wise we want to work hard we want to have fun but like that idea of like I'm going to make this podcast relevant I'm going to hit these numbers I'm going to do this or that like we show up and give 100% to that 2% of the week that we've committed to the podcast does that make sense? absolutely man but like I'm not going to let it take away from my day job. I'm not going to let it take away from my family. I'm not going to let it take away from like my ministry at my church. Like we're going to give a hundred percent to that sliver, but if social media doesn't fall within that time, if fancy editing doesn't fall within that time, we're okay with that.
0: Well, that's awesome, man. All right. We good. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys. Always a blessing talking to you. Tattoos and Jesus, go check them out. He'll take care, okay? Hey,
2: you tell Daniel we did not miss him today. I will. (laughs) Make sure he knows this podcast was
1: so much better without him. All
0: right. (laughs) Thank you, guys. I'll see y'all. All
1: All right, listen. We we will be in touch real soon. We'll set up a time for you guys to come run your mouth on our show. Please
0: do. I meant to mention that. Thank you, guys. That would be great. Looking forward to it.
1: All right. Take care, man. All
0: right, bye. See you again. See ya.